Well, listen, I want to jump into this, and, and uh, I'm excited about uh, where we're going today. I'm hoping that you, we, God will just speak to us through his word today. Uh, and, and I just want to give us all a challenge in here. You know, this is a little standalone message. Uh, next week, we start a brand new series, and they'll throw that little screen right up here. Brand new series, Help My Unbelief. If you know somebody, this is the absolute best time to invite somebody to your church. This is a great way, somebody at work, somewhere at school, somebody in your neighborhood that you know that just may don't believe or maybe they're struggling with their belief or they're struggling with some things about their unbelief. I'm going to encourage you, invite them. Invite them to come into this place. It's going to be an incredible series. Pastor Key will be back next week and he will be preaching this series. You don't want to miss it yourself, but you really could use this as an incredible opportunity to invite people to be a part of this series, okay? So here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. We're going to have some first impression people outside when you leave, okay? And I'm going to give you some more instructions later on about this. But they're going to have an invite card for you. And would you take a couple? It, sometimes it's easier when you walk up to somebody and go, hey, let me tell you about our church. And we're having this thing called Unbelief. Here's an invite card. It's got the address on it. It's got the name on it. And you, they, there you go. You just hand it to them, and there you have it. So pray about that. We'll grab a card. Invite somebody back next week. Well, so today, and what's so great about this is I get a chance to do a standalone before this and really and try to just share to my campus as a campus pastor where my heart is, where we're at. And I want to talk today about biblical gospel community or what that looks like. So I'm hoping that God will just kind of move in this. But I'm a big fan of, you know, because listen, I want people to invite people. I, I want to do everything I can. And listen, you, you, you people know this. I'm a guy who juggles chainsaws and machetes and chihuahuas, okay? I mean, I will do whatever it takes to bring somebody in, all right? People literally will hire me to come share the gospel, and I will go to places and balance things on my faith and say, I'm going to do this later, please come. So I'm an I'm a advocate and a fan of doing whatever it takes, okay, to bring people in to go, maybe they're not into church, maybe they don't want to know anything about it or whatever, but I'm, I'm a big-time advocate of using whatever it takes. And I love church signs. I'm a, I'm a huge fan because I travel all over the place. Been traveling for 26 years, speaking at different churches all over the country. And one of my favorite things to do is looking at church signs. Okay, have y'all seen these? And what I mean by church signs, some of y'all are going, oh, I see signs all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. If you're seeing signs, we need to talk. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. All right, I'm talking about the signs that you put out in front of church. Put this one up here. It's one of my favorite here. I like this one. CHCH Church. What's missing? You are. Oh, boy, that'll draw them in. That'll, that'll get them. All right, go to the next one. This is my favorite. Having trouble sleeping? We have sermons. <laughs> that one I love. That one's good. All right, go to the next one. Do you know what hell is? Well, come hear our preacher. <laughs> That's good. All right, this, I like this one. Church parking only. Violators will be baptized. I get them in the water. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Uh, <laughs> now is a good time to visit our pastor's on vacation. <laughs> this is from my last church that I pastored, okay? I'm just showing it. No, and, and so I think that was the last one, right? Uh, I believe so. So here's the thing. Whatever it takes, what, what, what draws people in, you know? And maybe it's a church sign, and whoever came up with that one is absolutely brilliant, okay? Uh, so let's look at it. Jesus said, I build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. 
And so I want to give you what community looks like, what biblical uh, gospel community looks like. All right, community is this, and I believe this will be up on the screen. It says this, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Community is great. And there's good community, there's bad community. We can probably say that's a, an, an opposite thing, you know. I mean, just, just, I mean, what I mean is it's a group of people living in the same place. That's good. Having a particular characteristic in common. Maybe we like stealing cars. We have that in common. All right? I mean, because it's a good or bad. Okay? So that can go either direction. Fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. But let me give you this. This is what a gospel community looks like. It is a people devoted to one another. Notice how now it's shifted, not on the outside of what I can get, but what I can give. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm facing forward, not outward in this one. And so it's, it's, it's here's this, is a people devoted to one another. It's about a shared life, a network of, of, of relationships, a genuine community of people who do what? Love Jesus. It is a gospel community. When you get together with somebody and you're saying, hey, listen, man, we are together in this and, 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 and we, we, we love Jesus together and we can share that commonality. You know, the church is a movement gathered around a mission. And that mission came from Jesus in Matthew 28. It says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're a church, and we have a mission statement. I encourage you to go look at it. We're a church that has a mission, and we, when people gather together, we're gathering together and saying we agree with the movement, okay, around that mission. And we're gathered together, and we believe that. Because remember, the Bible says, for where there's two or more gathered, he is there with us. So the need for community, gospel community, is so important. We need community. We need gospel community. We need each other because bottom line is we can't do it alone. Why we can't do it alone? Why you need each other? One, because the Bible said so in Genesis. And we said it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. I guarantee you I've got story after story after story of my own life of the things that I had fallen into when I was alone. Your mind races. Things happen. We need each other. We can't do it alone. Look at this uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, was a German, and he wrote in a lot of incredible stuff. And so, but this is an incredible quote right here. It says, sin demands to have a man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. So when you're by yourself, it draws you from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more attractive will be the power sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous. I got it. I ate. Just because it's up there. Disastrous. Uh, disastrous in his isolation. Okay, so stay with me on this one. The more involved we're in with loneliness, it becomes disastrous in our isolation. So we can't be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. I don't know if you know this about the redwood trees, okay? These are the biggest living things on earth right now. Y'all know this? 350 feet high, somewhat like 2,500 years old. And you would think that these trees would have this deeply roots, right? That would go down way down into the earth. It's actually not true. Redwoods have a very shallow root system. I want you to see this right here. 
that, that's them kind of holding on together. Go to the next one. And, and it's this one right here. They all have a very shallow root system. And this is what's really neat about these trees is when storms come, when things happen, the wind blows, they all go out and they grab a hold of each other. Think about this for a second. 350 feet high. The biggest, largest living thing has the most shallowest roots. And if they were to stand alone and nothing to hold on to, when the wind came, the rain came, when, when the storm came, guess what's going to happen? It's going to blow over. You see, this happens way too often in individuals' lives when they think, oh, no, I got this. I don't need anyone else. I'm good by myself. I'm good being alone. I'm an introvert, which means that I don't like people. I know who you people are. My wife wears a shirt that says, with a cactus on it, and says, do not hug me, okay? She's an introvert. But hear this, though. These trees have to hold on to each other. These trees have to reach out. They have to hold on to each other because if not, when that storm does come, and let me say this, because you've never heard me say this, ever. You're either going into a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're living in a storm right now. I know I say that every time, but it's so true. You're going into one, you're coming out of one, you're in one right now. So when the wind comes and the, and the, and the storm hits, you have each other to hold on to like this tree right here. You know, this interlocking root system is so great. So let me give you a couple things, okay, as I kind of set the premise up here. The benefits of gospel community. I'm going to give you the benefits today of the gospel community, okay, and what that looks like. And I'm going to give you a challenge today. Uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to offend you uh, or any of that. I'm just being real with you today. And I'm going to give you a challenge today, okay? But let's look at it first, all right? Number one is this. In gospel community, not community, but gospel community, we give and receive. Now, I want to stop there just before I even give you the whatever, because all of us are going to have this. But we give and receive. It's not a give and we give. It's not a receive and receive. It is a give and receive. In a gospel community, you give, but you also receive. So it's a give and receive. In a gospel community, we give and receive love. We give love, we receive love, and what that, translate, what that translate to is we serve each other. How you love somebody is you serve somebody. Jesus showed us that on the cross. Jesus showed us that when he came to this earth. Jesus showed us that he came not to be served, but to serve. And on that night in the, in, 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 you know, at the supper, he's washing guys' feet to show us that. He says, I'm here to serve you. Why I serve you? Because I love you. That's why. We have a serve day coming up. We want to show our, we want to show our entire community why we love them. We want to show love to our community because why Christ loved us first. The only reason I can love you and I've met you is because Jesus Christ loved me first. Okay? The only reason you love me is because Jesus loves you first. And we want to show our community, our school next door, our, our, our people, our homeless community, our, everywhere out here, we want to show people love by serving them. And we have a serve day, May 14th, where you can sign up and you can actually get involved. It's on the back of your uh, bulletin when you came in. You can use the QR code. Get locked in. We'll talk more about that next week. But I would love to see more of us serving our community. I love that the people who do serve, but maybe for some of you, you haven't done it yet. And you're like, no, I'm into that. 
I want to go and show that I want to go and show Jesus to people. So we, we, we can look, look at this verse right here in Galatians 5.13. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So don't be selfish with it. Don't be selfish with our freedom because he has given us freedom through Jesus. Don't be selfish with that and just keep that in my, in, in to myself. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in to serve one another in love. We need each other. We need to serve one another. We, we, we want to, to, um, to show that. And, and I know we shared this with you maybe a couple years ago, but I have to go back to this because it's, I love how God uses nature to show us things. And if you've ever looked at geese and how they live and what they do, it's pretty amazing, okay? I, God absolutely orchestrated this to show us something i believe but also to keep these things alive okay they did not come up with their own i don't care what science will tell you right i've seen these things fly into planes they're not that smart so we know it's a god thing here what they do but let me tell you about this flying v we'll show up the flying v right here y'all have all seen this many of you have killed this but we won't go there I mean, all like, oh, you're bringing me back. No, okay, well, not that season yet. But just hear how they live for a second. This is called the flying V, okay? And what happens is there's this thing called synergy that happens with the flying V where actually they get together and there's an updraft that happens behind them. So that means they're flying in such a way, they line themselves up behind each other in such a way that they will fly 71% further than they would if they were by themselves. Think about that. One geese, goose, one goose, geese, plural, sorry. One goose could only fly a certain amount, but if he jumped in and he got involved in a community of other geese, he can go 71% further. People who share a, a common direction, a sense of community can get where they're going quicker. They can get where they're going easier because they are traveling on the thrust of one another y'all hearing that we can't do this church without you not just because you come and you sit and you leave no 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 and not mainly well you're, you're giving too but i don't do that but not just that but man the, the service the, the serving one another serving the church serving the community uh, this is a principle of synergy this is what that is two or more agents working together to produce Two or more agents working together, a church body, a gospel community, working together, okay, to produce a result uh, not attainable by yourself. So hear that. So we're all rowing. We're all in a boat, and we're rowing together, moving in the direction that God wants us to go. So here's what it does. In gospel community, we give and we receive love. Here's number two. Look at this one. In gospel community, we give and we receive encouragement. I don't know about you, but encouragement is huge. It's amazing what people can do when they're encouraged. It's amazing what the right encouragement that you can give to somebody that can have them produce even more that they feel like they can't produce. I don't know if you've ever done high ropes courses or anything like that where, you know, you've had somebody and they're strapped on a pole and they're standing at the very top of the pole and they have to dive out and grab. Uh, it's called a pamper pole for some of you, you know, I don't know if you've ever been on top of one of these things. 
But it's amazing how, and I worked at Hyde Park, and, and I was a basketball coach and all that kind of cool stuff, and I used to take all these students out to do all these obstacles, and I would watch how, you know, the different types of motivation, encouragement that would happen uh, on these things. Some people yell up, you can do it! You know what I'm saying? Y'all know that one, you know? Or, you got this! Or, you're terrible! And I don't know how in that encouraging that is, you know? Or my favorite was all like, I did it, you can do it. Have you ever said that one? Yeah. But you do learn how to encourage people. And I've watched so many times where I can make eye contact with that seventh, eighth grader standing there like this, shaking, okay? The pole's already wet. And they're standing there and they're looking out and how you can just encourage somebody. Now, again, they do have a harness on them. I just know some of y'all are going, you're killing children. No, they have a harness. But it's amazing how you can encourage somebody by just looking up and just saying, hey, you got this. Trust God. Trust your process here. Trust, just trust the rope. Trust the guy that's holding the rope. Trust all this and just go. And it's amazing how many times I've seen someone who just has the right amount of courage, okay, the right amount of encouragement to get the courage to dive off a pole and grab a trapeze. Raise your hand if you've ever done this. I'm just curious. Yeah, you've done it, you've done it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So next week I'll have one in the parking lot. It's going to be amazing. But look at this. In gospel community, we give and we get to receive encouragement. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25, it says this. And let us consider how we may, everybody say spur. Spur one another on. Who rides horses in here knows what this means. Okay, if you ride a horse, you know what this means. They would have these, I got spurs that jingle, jangle. Jingle, y'all know the song. It's not just for jingle and jangling. A spur actually hits the horse in a nice way um, to get them to do what? To move, to go. He says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That we sometimes need to just kind of go, hey, you know, little to get moving. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But look at this. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, encouraging one another, spurring each other on. I asked in our life group this morning, a young man who just kind of came into our life group recently, and I've seen some different, some changes in him. And I asked him, I said, tell me. So here's what happened. So he had to have a little spur, and he was spurred on to join our life group. And as he did, he was kind of reluctant. He was kind of a little reluctant. Nah, man, yeah, yeah, whatever. But he got in there, and I asked him this morning, I said, man, tell me, and that's why I had to add this, is I had to write this in because this is something I wanted to share after asking this. I said, what has it been for you being in our life group the last, I don't know, several months? And the word he used was transforming. He said, it's transformed me, my thinking. But being around these people, being around this gospel community, being with these people in here that have the same commonality, which is Jesus Christ, has actually transformed me. And when you're in a life group, when you're part of something, it transforms you because that's what the gospel does. The gospel transforms us. By the renewing of our mind, it transforms us. So being a part of this group has transformed him, but he would not have gotten there unless Pastor T gave a little spur and said, you need to go in there. And sometimes we got to spur each other on. And some of us, let's be real, we may need to be spurred. 
So in gospel community, we give and receive encouragement. We not only do we receive it, but we give it encouragement. And this is what's fascinating about these beats. I have to go back to this because I think this is actually brilliant. But here's the thing. If you've ever seen these beats, and you can throw them back up if you want, these beats are flying in this V formation. And what happens is if you've ever seen these guys go over, you hear them doing what? They're honking. Okay? They're doing this. Honk. That's my best goose impression right there. Okay, that's what they're doing. Somebody try it. No, that's, that's horrible. Okay. So this is what they're doing. You've seen this, right? They're flying, they're going overhead, and they're all, they're honking like crazy. I never knew this until research, and I don't necessarily know how they know this, but this is what they said, and I'm going to trust the science. What? This is what they said. Here's what they said. The front guy, okay, the guy in the front who's doing all the work now, remember, he does not have the uplift. He does not have the draft. He's doing it on his own. He's carrying the draft for everybody else. And the honks are honks of encouragement. They're back there going, you can do it. Come on, man, give us a little bit more. I don't know what they're saying, but they're saying by honking, the guy in the front's going, oh, man, I'm getting tired. Okay, I got this, yeah, yeah. And it shoots him more forward. It gives him more energy. It's amazing what just a little bit of encouragement gives you more energy. A little bit of encouragement gives you a little bit more of a push. Isn't that fascinating to you? Yes. So when we get behind somebody that waits on that light and we give them a big honk, we're just saying, hey, I love you. <laughs> right? I'm here to encourage you to move. But it's really neat how that works. And so the other thing in this is when they're flying together, the guy in front's getting the encouragement. This is what's really neat about this, and I'll, I'll go back to this in a second. I just think this is fascinating. They're flying in this V formation. They're honking at the guy in the front. Well, he does get tired. This is what's really neat. Once he gets where he can't go any longer, and he is there going, I can't do this anymore, he falls out, falls back in line to get the updraft, and somebody else jumps up and takes the lead. And they'll do that all the way to Canada. Just constantly. Boom, boom, boom. Isn't that wild? Because if we don't have people who will step up and lead in our groups, in our church, in our thing, people will get burned out. And people get burned out when people don't help out. We have to get out there in the front sometimes and go, you know what, I got this. Get behind me. We're going to go 71% further now, okay? I'm with you. So gospel community, it provides love. We give and receive love. Uh, it, 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 it give and receive encouragement. Here's number three out of 20. We're getting there. I'm kidding. In gospel community, we give and receive protection. It's pretty good. We get encouraged, we get served, we get loved. But you know what? In the, in the gospel community, we have protection. 
like you know that if you're going through trouble and you're going through hard times and you're going through stuff that you know that there's going to be somebody in that group in that gospel community that's going to say hey i got you let me protect you let me pray for you let me bring you in my home let me feed you let me do whatever i need to do and i've seen this church do absolutely amazing things when people fall when, when they have things that happen to them, when they, when they go through something. And look at this verse right here. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other. If any one of these people fall down, one, and I've watched this church where people have fallen, they've lost their jobs, their marriages fall apart, there's this happened and that happened, they literally fall. And I've watched this church and people in the church, people in the gospel community that we have here say, let me come in and protect you. How do I, can I, what can I do for you? The meal trains that come through here are unbelievable. I just need a meal train just some days, okay? I don't have any problems, I just want a meal train because it's so incredible some of these meal trains that our church provides. It's so good when that happens. Gospel community, we give and receive protection. But look at this, this is the part that I really want you to see. But pity anyone who falls and has no one there to help them up. Ooh, this hurts me deeply. Pity the person who falls, who goes through trouble, who goes through a storm, who has nobody that they're reaching out and grabbing hold of, like those trees. There's no roots for them to hold on to. And the wind comes, the rain comes, the storm comes, and they go falling. No one there to help them up. This is saddens me because I was that kid. Man, I was a kid like that. I had no community of that nature. When I lived with my father, he was drunk all the time. He was going through the, what I was going through and my life that I was going through. I would go to school and I would sit in the corner. I would sit in the hallway by myself. I would sit by myself at lunch. And I was going through absolutely nightmares of home, being left in bars, being left in people's homes I shouldn't have been in. Being bottom line, my father would leave for multiple days without food, and I would go home, I would go to school, and I would sit in the hallway, put my hoodie on, and sit by myself. And so when I see people who are alone, it hurts me. When I see people who don't have that, man, it just it stirs something in me because every single one of us needs a gospel community because we're all going to fall at one time to help us up. He says, but pity anyone who falls and has no one there to help them. Also, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one stay warm alone? And then look at this one. Though, though one may be overpowered, two can stand back to back and defend themselves. Or two can stand, uh, two can defend themselves. But look at this next one. This little part of this verse, I'll show you this one as a nugget. But what does this one say? A quarter of three stand, strands is not quickly broken. That third strand is Jesus Christ. It's you, it's somebody else, and that gospel community, that love of Jesus intertwines that. So now you're holding on to the roots, now you're holding on to each other, and you're holding on to Jesus. And when the storm comes, he says, hey, listen, I got you. And because you have protection. And let me tell you something about these geese again. Can I go back to the geese? I love this thing. I love this stuff about the geese. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Let's go back to the geese. Here's what's so fascinating and neat about these geese. If they're flying along, I guess they're going to Canada, I don't know, okay? But they're headed north uh, or south, I guess they go do south for the winter, but whatever they do. Um, I didn't read this part, okay, this is the part I read. So what happens is if one of them gets sick, if one of them gets tired, or if one of them gets shot, or just something happens to them and he falls out to the ground, here's what happens. This is amazing to me. Two of them, they're flying, right? And all of a sudden they go, 
don't, you know, so I don't know. And so all of a sudden now, here's what happens. There goes Jimmy, check this out. Two geese fly out of formation and drop down with him. So wherever he lands, whether he broke his arm, broke his, you know, whatever it may be, he's sick, whatever, those two geese will stay there until it dies or stays there until he's healed. And then all three of them will find their own little V together and go catch up with their family. Isn't that amazing? That to me is incredible. And that to me is one of those things of like, how can we be better at this? How can we be like these geese as people? And go, you know what, when someone falls, man, we're falling out. And we go, I got this. Let's go. As they fall out of place and they go get them. That's pretty cool. Number four is this, and I'm almost done. In gospel community, we give and receive truth. In gospel community, we give and we receive truth. One of the things that we can have and do in this gospel community is get real with each other. We get real with each other. This is not surface, hey, how's your day? I'm good. Okay, great, me too. See you later. No, no, no. It's when gospel community, we can absolutely get real with each other. And I know this is hard for some people. Pride gets in the way. Things happen to us where we just feel embarrassed. Oh, I can't share with you some of the things I'm going on because you know what? I called myself a Christian and Christians never have trouble. That is a lie from the devil. We all have trouble. We just have Jesus there to help us up and to others to help us up, right? So don't believe that lie. We can absolutely have truth and we absolutely can have people speak truth into our lives. Look at this verse in here in Ephesians 4.15. It says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head and the body of the church. We get to speak truth. I want people to speak truth into my life, to get real with me. And, and, that, and what that is, it's accountability. And every one of us in this room needs accountability. We need to be accountable for things. We need to be held accountable. We need people asking us, how's your walk with Jesus? How's your, you know, we need people in, in the gospel community to be around us to go, hey, listen, how's your life for real? And we can be open and real. And if it's good, it's good. But it's not always good. And we need that. This is a story about this pastor who went over to this guy's house who had been coming to church for a while and he just stopped going. He just quit going. And this pastor showed up at this man's door, knocked on the door, and he sees the pastor standing at his door, and he was uninvited and unannounced and all that, and he just kind of knew what he was there for, and he said, come on in. And they go to the backyard where he had a fire going in his fire pit, and they sat in two chairs, neither one of them saying a word. He just sat there for a moment and sat there for a little while. Eventually, the pastor picked up some tongs, and he reached over, and he grabbed one of the woods that was on fire, just burning. He grabs the wood, he takes it out, and he sits it in front of the fire pit, away from the fire, and they both sat there, and they watched this fire just kind of sizzle out. The fire started burning. It just sizzled until there was no flame, and the wood got cold. Again, the pastor, not saying a word, takes the tongs, reaches down, picks them up, tosses it back on the fire, and immediately the, that wood just says, back on fire. Pastor leans over and says, hey, it's time for me to go. Thanks for letting me come and visit. The man stood up, shook his hand, says, I appreciate your message. I'll see you at church on Sunday. Without saying a word. 
here's why that's cool and why that illustration is great. He held the man accountable, but he didn't have to come in there and go, why are you not at church? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not? No, that doesn't work. He just showed him, he kept him accountable, but by just showing him a picture of if you're not in gospel community and you try to put yourself outside the fire, because Hebrews says our God is an all-consuming fire. So if God's an all-consuming fire, if we're in that consuming fire, what's going to happen? We're going to be on fire. And we're away from that, we're going to sizzle out and get cold. Accountability. And we need people to speak accountability into our lives. Let me give you this last point. You'll come up and play. We're going to sing here in a second. Let me, let me just give you this last point. In gospel community, we give and we receive grace. That's so great about being in the right gospel community. is because we can give and we can receive grace. Grace is an incredible thing. Grace is this. It's getting something that we do not deserve. Jesus gave us grace. He says, you do not deserve heaven, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. You did not deserve this, but I'm going to take the place of you because of your sin, because of the things you've done wrong, because of those things. I'm going to take the place of you on the cross and die for you. That's grace. And what because of that grace, because he loves us, because of those things, here's what happens. Here's what's cool. Is we get to give and receive that grace from others. In gospel community, we give, we receive grace. Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Isn't that great? He says, bear with each other and forgive. Bear with each other and let it go. Bear with each other whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. There's the key piece right there. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's so hypocritical of us to be able to say, oh, no, no, no. Hey, Jesus, forgive me. Hey, God, man, I can't live without you, man. Forgive me of this, 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 this. But then I can't forgive this guy for doing whatever that is. Pretty hypocritical. And I've been there. Trust me, I know. But the great thing about it is we get to give, we get to receive grace from others. Jesus said it in Matthew. He says, if if a fellow believer hurts you, now he's talking about a fellow believer. It's a little different. Sometimes if a non-believer hurts you, you're like, well, they're just lost. They don't know Christ. Well, they don't know Jesus. So you know what? We'll just let them go. They don't know any better. But when it's someone who's a fellow believer hurts you, he says, go and tell them. Work it out. Go. Figure it out between the two of you. And then it goes on and says, if he listens, you've made a friend. Isn't that cool? I want to close with this story, and then I'm going to give you a challenge. As you know, I get the chance to travel all over the country, and I get to preach, and I get to share the gospel. I share my story. And I do a lot of camps been doing camps for now 26 years 1996 my very first camp so I get to do a lot of camps and I show up at this camp on the very first day and I got my bible and I'm ready to preach that night and I walk into the auditorium and this guy right here walks up to me stands in front of me and says I was a white supremacist first words out of his mouth his name's David 
I thought he said, I didn't hear the was. I heard, I'm a white supremacist. And I went, what church am I at right now? <laughs> what in the world is happening here? I didn't hear the was. And I go, excuse me? He goes, I want you to know because you've seen me in these tattoos and you're going to see me here all week. I was a white, I was, and that's when I heard it, I was a white supremacist. I've been in prison. I've hurt people. He said, I hated people. I'm looking at this guy going, whoa. This is wild. Because I want you to understand the church that brought me in was a predominantly black and Hispanic church. And this guy. He said, this church showed me love. He said, these people here of this church that I've stumbled into showed me the compassion and forgiveness and grace of Jesus like I've never seen before. And this is my family now. A guy who once hated them because he was brainwashed and told those things. He now serves the Lord. Why? Because someone showed him grace. Why? Because someone loved him. Someone wrapped his arms around this guy and said, hey, I don't care about your past. I don't care what you did. You know Jesus now. He gave his life to the Lord. Got saved. And when I was there, he was in a process of raising money to remove all the hatred from the tattoos on his body. Here's a guy that most of us would meet and say, you're scum of the earth. You've hurt people, you're, 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 you're mean, you're angry, you're blah, 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 whatever. Most of us would say that and do that if we met this guy. But this church meets this guy. And they said, no, no, let me show you something different. And they brought this guy in. And he works there at the church. He speaks to the students and the youth. He's like the youth, uh, he wasn't a youth pastor, but he was like the, one of the youth workers. Unbelievable story of grace. I'll close with this. We all need that. We all need to give and receive love. We all need to give and receive encouragement. Man, we all need protection. We need to give that protection. We need to receive that protection. We all need to speak, have people in our lives that will speak truth into us and we can speak truth into them. And every one of us in this room needs to give grace and all of us in this room need to receive that grace. And so I'll give you some themes. I'm just gonna lay some things out here for you. First of all, I want to share some lyrics of a song real quick. I think this is awesome. So I threw this in here. This is lyrics from a song from the late 80s, early 90s. It says, making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came? You want to be where you can see our troubles and all our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everyone knows your name. Some of y'all picked up on this. It was from a show called Cheers in the 80s and 90s. Look at this though. Here are some lyrics about a bar that we can apply to church. Can we not? Don't you want to go where somebody knows your name? 
Don't you want to be a part of something that people know that you what? We all have troubles and they're all the same. That's church. That's gospel community. Sometimes you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna sing it. Y'all thought it was. Let me do this. I'm gonna give you three things. Are you ready to take the next step in these three things? Let me tell you. Maybe you're ready to take the next step. So I'm going to speak truth and love to you. If you're not in a life group, you need to be in a life group. If you do not have a gospel community around you and you're just coming on Sundays and that's great, man, I'm encouraging you to get into a life group. Come find me. And let me figure out the perfect life group for you. We have lots of them. We have lots of great life group leaders. We have people here who love you and would love for you to be a part of that gospel community no matter who you are. Be a part of a gospel community. Be in a life group. I can't say that enough. I know some of you go, I know, I know, but. I know, I know, but. If you know, then you know. And is your no greater than your knowing where you should be? So listen, please come find me. And maybe some of you are going, no life groups, I like them, I don't like them all. Then guess what? You can start one. And we'll put people like you in that life group with you. And y'all can just do your thing as long as you're serving Jesus. Life group. So maybe you're ready for that. For some of you, maybe you've been coming to this church. Man, you love this church. You love what we're doing here. You're saying, hey, listen, I want to go all in, and you're just coming right now. Let me tell you what we have. Throw this up here right now. We have starting point next week. Next week, we have a starting point on May 1st. Is that May 1st next week? Yes. Next week on May 1st, we have a starting point. If you have not, and you don't have to commit. This is not, hey, I'm going to go to that, and you're going to get forced into becoming a member here. No, that's not how it works. This is for you to come and find information about our church, for you to come and go, man, I want to know more about how to get in a life group, how to be able to serve, how to be able to be a part of this gospel community. I want that. Please take your phone out, hit this QR code. If you can't do it right now, I have information in the back for you. It's on the back of your deal. Get involved in a life group and come to starting point. Come and be a part of this. Let me tell you about what we're doing in this church. And for some of you, you just need to take that step and go, I'm ready to go all in, become a member, and let's go. I want to grab an oar and start rowing with you. I need to start honking better. I don't know. So life group, starting point, the last two things before we finish. Maybe it's salvation. Maybe for some of you, you need to take that step of salvation. Maybe for some of you, you, you've been coming, you know the right things, you understand and you know that Jesus is real, but you've not taken that next step in following the Lord. You know all about him up here, but you've not transitioned that to here. The Bible says you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is real. You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is real. You can, from here to here. That he died for you, he was buried for you, he's given you grace. He says all you want, he's asking is, is just to follow him. Maybe it's salvation. You just need to step into that and then let God put you in that gospel community. Maybe it's time just to join the gospel community. You've been on the outside of the gospel community looking in, but maybe it's time to step into the gospel community and give your life to the Lord. Or maybe it's baptism. 
Maybe for some of you, you're saying, hey, listen, I've given my life to the Lord. I know him and my Savior. I know he lives in me, but I've just put off baptism over and over and over and over and over. And it just keeps dwelling on me because if you are saved, it's going to come out. It's going to be, you're going to see every time we do a baptism, you're going to go, I need to do that. The majority of the baptisms that we have is because we do a baptism and someone goes, because they haven't. And God stirs it in you because it's the very first act of obedience after salvation, which is baptism. Doesn't save you, but it makes you say, hey, listen, I belong to God. He belongs to me. This represents my old life going through the water. That represents my old life, my old life. And then when I go under, I come back up. I'm saying I'm ready to live in the new life. That's it. So maybe that's you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. We're almost done. But would you just close your eyes and be real still, and let me just pray for us. First, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray for, maybe you're in this room and you need to receive Christ. Maybe you need to get from the outside of the community, and you now need to join the gospel community. See, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you not knowing Jesus. So wherever you are in this place, maybe right here, right now, is this the moment for you to ask God to come into your life, to save you, to rescue you? I'm going to pray this prayer with you. It's not a magic prayer. It's just a prayer of you and God saying, I want to be in your gospel community, God. So pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, I need you. That's the first step. You're acknowledging that you need him. Just say, Jesus, I need you. And then tell him this. Say, God, I believe that you are real. I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent Jesus to pay my debt on that cross and you've given me grace. And now, God, I'm asking you to forgive me. Forgive me of my mess-ups, my mistakes, my sins. Come into my life and save me. Rescue me. I'm tired of being on the outside of the gospel community, and I'm ready to jump in to the gospel community. I'm ready to follow you. prayed that prayer, I'm going to encourage you and speak love and truth to you, is to come and find me. Come and, come and say, yeah, that's me. That, I mean, I, 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 I just prayed that prayer and I meant it and I need it and I'm ready to go. So here's my next challenge to you. So maybe you're saying you either just got saved or you're saying, hey, listen, I've been saved, but I need baptism. I've been putting it off and I need baptism. So I'm going to ask you to be bold. This is the love and truth part. If that's you, hey, would you get out of your seat and come up here so I can pray over you, get your name, and we baptize you next week. You're saying, I need baptism right here, right now. And I'm going to get out of my chair. I'm going to come down here, and we're going to do baptism next week. So anybody in this place, all right, my guy. Anybody else saying? Hey, listen, I just... I know I need baptism. I know that's the next step in my life. I know that's where I need to go. Anybody else? Okay, my guy, come on. Go get your name. Yes. Anybody else? Man, 
give my life to the Lord. I know this is the next step. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. If you're saying, I know that I need this in my life, this is the next step. Last time I'm going to ask, I'm just going to pray with these guys. They're going to get their names down, and we're going to baptize these guys next week. Anybody else want to go all in on baptism next week with these guys? I'll give you one more chance. Come on up here. Let's do it. Anybody else? I'm just looking around. It's fine. It's in the process. Maybe some of you are going, I would never walk in front of anybody. Let me do this for you. It's encouragement, okay? I'm honking encouragement into your life right now, okay? Maybe that's true. I understand it's difficult, but let me do this. Find me out there. I appreciate the boldness of these guys, but find me out there. Find me in the hallway. Say, hey, listen, I want to do that, okay? Good deal. We got their names. Y'all, we're going to write your names on that, okay? Father, I pray for these young people down here today. Young and Lord, I, I pray uh, and thank you for these guys here who boldly stepped out this morning and says, I need to go all in with you in baptism. And so, Father, I pray that you show them how great and amazing this is as they take that next step in following you. So, Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.